This past weekend, Trump supporters descended upon Washington, D.C. to protest what they view as a stolen election. Now, some estimates say about 100,000 people showed up. Some Trump supporters say it was around 200,000. I don't have the actual numbers, but of course, the people who don't like Trump say it was smaller and the people who do say it was bigger. But that's neither here nor there. There were regular Americans showing up in D.C. to lawfully and peacefully protest. They were brutally attacked. Far leftists like Antifa and Black Lives Matter began stalking people, beating them, and even throwing explosives at one restaurant while diners were just trying to eat. It resulted in nearly two dozen arrests. And it shows us the political divide in this country has only gotten worse. And I'll tell you, as someone who reads the news every day, trying to figure out what's really going on, it is becoming increasingly difficult as these two different views, there's there's two different realities, and now they are completely separated. There's not even any overlap anymore. Either Donald Trump had the election stolen from him from a rigged system with Dominion, and there's there's evidence of voter fraud from affidavits, or Joe Biden, president-elect, and Trump is just being a sore loser. There's no real middle ground for the most part, although some people are trying to say, listen, if there's evidence of voter fraud, and there is, Definitive proof? Not necessarily. We should absolutely investigate it. Of course, many Trump supporters have gotten mad at me because I'm not adamantly on their side. And of course, the left, well, they've always been mad at me because, I don't know, I voted for Trump or whatever. But at this event, we heard from America's largest militia, the Oath Keepers. The Independent reports, America's largest militia says it will refuse to recognize Biden as president and resist his administration. Anything he signs into law, we won't recognize as legitimate, Oath Keepers founder says. Now, I believe he may actually have been referring to just general Trump supporters and people at the event. But I do I do think it's significant that this guy is uh, the founder of the largest militia in the country. Many people have been worried about what's going to happen, that no one's going to accept the results of the election. If, if Trump somehow ends up pulling off a, a win, then the left is going to absolutely lose their minds. And now we're kind of in this calm before the storm. You see, I think many people on the right, many Trump supporters are being particularly calm because the race isn't over. I can't imagine Trump supporters going around getting violent and destroying things. However, that doesn't seem to fit the MO of most Trump supporters. According to polling, they're probably just going to be disappointed. But there are many people who feel that we're facing an existential crisis. You've got talk of something called the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum says now is our chance to reset global capitalism. We've heard Justin Trudeau talk about this idea, and we are seeing mass COVID lockdowns brought about by Democratic governors, which is destroying the U.S. economy. Many people look to Sweden and say, They didn't lock down and they seem to be fine. So why this action? Why are Democrats seeking to shut everything down? Why is Joe Biden's COVID advisor saying we should have a national lockdown when the World Health Organization isn't? That is going to ignite extreme tensions. And we're already seeing it. Nearly two dozen people arrested in D.C. brutally attacking Trump supporters all on video. I'm worried about what happens on December 15th or on the 14th when we get official certification. Maybe everyone just calms down. But I kind of don't feel like that's possible because truth be told, even after Joe Biden was projected the winner by the media, the left is still coming out and beating random people. At a certain point, people on the right are probably going to be like, nope. Well, now we're hearing it. The largest militia says 
we're not going to recognize a President Biden. We're also hearing from Trump's COVID advisor, Scott Atlas, calling on people of Michigan to resist their governor's orders on on COVID. We are literally seeing different government officials and individuals on both sides, the divide just getting worse and worse every day. And Scott Atlas telling people to resist the COVID lockdown. I understand why you would say it, but doesn't that kind of worry you? I mean, it worries me. I know that there are going to be people, people who sigh, who are going to be on both sides. I think the government, it's unconstitutional what they've been doing. And the World Health Organization has rejected these lockdowns. So it's insane to me that Governor Whitmer would do this. But we already saw what happened uh, previously with these anti-government anarchist types getting arrested over a plot to kidnap her. Seems like the political divide in this country is just going to keep getting worse. But let's Let's go through the latest news because I do think it's getting serious. I want to talk a little bit about the fraud claims from the Republicans and what they're saying right now in response to all this violence and whether or not they'll recognize Joe Biden. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. Got a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. If you like the work I do, think what I'm presenting is rational, reasonable and important. Sharing it is the best way to support the channel. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Let's read the first story from The Independent. They say the largest militia group in the U.S. will refuse to recognize President-elect Joe Biden as the nation's duly elected leader when he is sworn in on 20th January 2021. The Oath Keepers, an armed right wing organization that boasts tens of thousands of members with law enforcement and military backgrounds, was one of several groups to demonstrate in Washington over the weekend at the Million MAGA March in support of Donald Trump, whom news networks project has lost the 2020 election. Quote, I think about half this country won't recognize Biden as legitimate. They won't recognize this election. Stuart Rhodes, who founded the Oath Keepers, told The Independent on Saturday in the nation's capital. I want to stop right there before I read on. I think they're giving us sensational buzz. He said, I think about half this country won't recognize Joe Biden. I think that's fair. I think about half this country, a little bit less, didn't recognize Donald Trump's presidency. Even Nancy Pelosi and other politicians were saying Trump was illegitimate. Maybe we will just see four years of the same kind of political tension, politicking that we saw in the in the four years of Trump. Honestly, I don't know. But as things have started to escalate over the past several years with a Trump presidency, they're not going to simmer down before we see more tensions, division and violence as we move on with a potential Biden presidency. I'll point out as well, just because the media projects Joe Biden won doesn't mean he did. We still have to go through the dispute process. And then we go to the elect. They, they pick the electoral. Uh, uh, they, they assign the electors in the state level. Then they go and vote at the federal level. And then on the 14th, we'll see how things play out. Rhodes goes on. He says what that means is that everything that comes out of his mouth will be considered not of any force or effect. Anything he signs into law we won't recognize as legitimate will be very much like the founding fathers will end up nullifying and resisting. Of course, the independent is making it seem like he's talking about his militia, but he said half the country. So I don't think he's giving any orders to his group, but I do think it's fair to say if he feels that way, probably the people in the Oath Keepers feel the way feel feel similarly as well. They they, they say thousands of Trump supporters, including members of far right groups, participated in the march, which was uh, pervaded by a sense 
the 2020 election was stolen from Mr. Trump. Despite filing several lawsuits in key swing states, the Trump campaign has not provided any evidence of substantial voter fraud that would have swung any of them in his favor. I'm going to stop right there. You see what they do here? Substantial because the Trump campaign has provided evidence of fraud. Evidence, as we went over the other day, is defined as signs or indication of something. So yes, poll workers signing sworn affidavits, USPS whistleblowers talking about backdating, and there is something called the Voter Integrity Fund finding that there are thousands upon thousands of people who may have voted illegally because they've changed their address, maybe no longer live in these states. Well, those are all signs and indications of potential fraud. Naturally, many people on the right aren't going to accept it. But this is what we're hearing from the D.C. chief. The weekend of violence is the worst of the country that you don't and you don't see that here. Police chief said officers confiscated seven handguns and one unique weapon. This to me is one of the most worrying things. Look, we saw the violence. You've probably seen the videos, the left and the right posting videos claiming one side was worse than the other. In many videos that have gone viral, leftists are saying, oh, the Proud Boys, they came and they attacked us. The only problem You went to their event and the left does this all the time. It is rare that right wing groups show up to left wing events. It's happened, but it's extremely rare. If a bunch of Trump supporters want to march to the street peacefully and you show up, okay, right wingers shouldn't attack you for it. But based on the fact the left tends to be the one starting the fights, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case in most scenarios, most most circumstances. Andy No, journalist, published a clip of a man getting sucker punched. He's walking and someone comes up behind him and just punches him in the face, dropping him to the ground. And then other people kick him in the head. The left was furious. They were outraged. How dare Andy No clip this video out of context? And then they show the full context, they claimed. In the full context, this man angrily walks into a crowd of leftists and starts swinging and hitting people. And they say, see, he started the fight. And then I get into arguments with people where they're like, wow, Andy, no, how could he do that? How could he post this out of context video? You see, this is all part of the propaganda war that's currently going on right now, because the video the left published doesn't actually show the full encounter either. In the full encounter, several men walk to a police line. They ask the police to let them leave because there's an angry mob behind them. The police say no. These people then start walking through the crowd to leave when Antifa and and Black Lives Matter leftists start hitting them. There's some exchanges, some shoving, some pushing. And at one point, one man even says, please, we just something to the effect of we're just we're leaving. Please, we're not doing anything. We're leaving. Nope. The leftists won't have it. They shove these guys. They hit them. And these these guys try running away. Eventually, they round a corner. And then we see this guy step up to defend them. And start pushing on the people who had been attacking them, shoving them back. And that's when he gets sucker punched. That's the full context. But you know what? I'm not super concerned about how people on the left are framing against people on the right. Lines have been drawn a long time ago. The tribes exist. The left is adamant that they're in the right. Well, they don't want to watch the full videos. They don't care. They want the emotional satisfaction of attacking the other, the orange man and his supporters, the evil. And thus, fighting is going to continue. And I think it's just going to continue to escalate because it's not just about whether or not Orange Man is bad or these people did anything. I think for the most part, for the left, they just are filled with hate and they want to attack people. 
When Trump supporters come out and wave little American flags and say, support the police, they're not targeting anyone. They're expressing themselves. When the left shows up, it's always in response to the fact that they're Trump supporters expressing themselves because the left is fueled by hate and anger. And that's why they get violent. And that's why it's we're, we're less likely to see right wing groups showing up to left wing events. But from this, you do end up with groups like the Proud Boys who, yeah, in many instances do want to fight the far left and win. And it's because they're now getting angry. But it's the left that typically comes to the right. As we start to move into the next wave of what is supposed to be an, a year-long lockdown. That's what Fauci is saying. Quarter three of 2021. I can only imagine that you're going to have many people who reject Joe Biden's presidency, who are going to reject when he says we need a national lockdown or national mask mandate. They're going to reject it outright. Then you're going to get a bunch of leftists who are already really angry, locked up in tiny cubicle apartments in their city. No job, no money, nothing to do and rioting. And that's the path that, that I think we're on. Just because Donald Trump lost the election, presumably, presumably, I'm saying in the event Trump does not get certified and it is Joe Biden who wins, that's not going to change the sentiment and the anger. In fact, as we've long speculated, it's probably going to make things worse. As we start to move out of the Trump administration, presumably. Okay, I know we're not there yet, but it's looking more and more likely. We can see this from CNN. Trump coronavirus advisor Scott Atlas urges Michigan to rise up against new COVID-19 measures. Call it whatever you want. But when you have Democrats saying lockdown, supporting Antifa and Black Lives Matter, beating Trump supporters who are minding their own business, lying in the media and on social media, and Joe Biden won't defend those who got attacked. Where do you think we are headed? It's only getting worse. I don't know if the Oath Keepers will have a hand in it at all in any type of any kind of mass civil unrest or resistance, coup, civil war or whatever it ends up becoming. But the independent, they certainly want to make that claim. Maybe they're just desperately trying to get those clicks and convince people this is what's really happening. Maybe. Or maybe it's fair to say that Stuart Rhodes is the founder and he's saying we will not do X. We, you know, we will not recognize a Joe Biden presidency. So per perhaps we really are on the verge of something, something bad. You know, they talk about the Great Reset. The Great Reset is not a conspiracy theory. It's literally on the World Economic Forum website where they talk about intersectionality helping bring about, you know, this this new era of stakeholder capitalism and how COVID is an opportunity for us to reset everything. And I wonder what gets in the way of people like Gretchen Whitmer and other Democrats that want to enact these lockdowns. The Constitution, the Constitution gets in their way. And rightfully so. That's what it's for. Naturally, they don't like it. They are, there have already been calls to get rid of it. And I think that's obvious why it's constraining the power of government as it's supposed to do. If these people really want to ban hate speech or have their great reset, well, you're going to have to get rid of the constitution. And I don't know how you can actually do that because the states aren't going to ratify anything like that. But what happens if there is a civil war? Well, then the Constitution becomes just a piece of paper, unfortunately. There certainly may be some people saying we must keep this. Sure, people like the Oath Keepers, their oath is to the Constitution. 
And there are probably many people on the left who are going to say, I don't care. Now, it seems far fetched to assume that anything like that could really end up happening. But I tell you, it feels like with 72.3 million people, I think it's up to actually like 73 million or so now we round up Trump voters. I don't think they're going to support Joe Biden enacting a national lockdown. So maybe he won't. And there's talk that we may not actually have a big lockdown. We'll see. But the street violence isn't subsiding. And I have this story from Mother Jones. They say the election's troubling message. Even if Trump loses, America's political civil war isn't over. What's well, this is from November 4th. Mother Jones is saying there is a civil war going on right now. Oh, but this is political, they say. Mother Jones, if you tell me there is a political civil war and for years we've been watching people beat each other in the streets and we just had a man in Portland shoot and kill a Trump supporter and now people have gotten stabbed. I don't I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you're trying to claim. It sounds like nobody wants to be the one to admit we're here. We're here. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe Joe Biden gets sworn in. Right. You know, let raises his hand, puts his right hand on the Bible, becomes president. And then we carry on and we just figure out a way to survive. Or maybe this is the calm before the storm. At least it sounds like, according to Mother Jones, the civil war isn't over, which means we must be in one. After seeing all that violence in the past weekend and, you know, hearing Scott Atlas say resist, rise up against Gretchen Whitmer. You've got a government official in the federal government telling people to resist a governor's orders. Maybe the thing that divides the states this time around is the Great Reset. COVID lockdown. Should we lock down or not? You know, the World Health Organization says not to, but the Democratic governors don't seem to care. In which case, maybe there will be a hard divide, which ultimately brings us to some kind of real armed conflict between warring factions. That's, what, that's why I want to point out this story from Fox News, where the police chief said he confiscated seven handguns and one unique weapon. You're not allowed to have guns in D.C., you, you can't. It's like very serious federal crime. These people are getting arrested are probably going to go away for a long time for doing this. But while all of this is going down, while people are saying they're not going to recognize a Joe Biden presidency, we've got accusations that the voting machines were rigged, that the election was rigged. Take a look at this story from the Washington Examiner. Democratic senators warned of potential vote switching by Dominion prior to the 2020 election. I kid you not. In a letter in December of 2019, uh, to Dominion Voting Systems, which has been mired in controversy, Democratic Senators Elizabeth Warren, Ron Wyden, and Amy Klobuchar, and Congressman Mark Pocan warned about reports of machines switching votes, undisclosed vulnerabilities, and improbable results that threaten the integrity of our elections. The Democrats, a year ago, just about, believed that they were going to be facing voter fraud, and they sent a letter to Dominion. Today, because Joe Biden is the projected winner, they're saying nothing. You know what that means? It means it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if you have evidence or not at this point. Republicans trying to convince Democrats they have proof that it happened, it's pointless. And therein lies the hard divide there is no navigating against. Republicans don't need to convince anyone else. There's no middle ground anymore. The Democrats can say over and over again that Joe Biden won, and that matters to the people who only watch mainstream media and aren't really paying attention to politics. Trump supporters might say, well, hey, look, even the Democrats felt this way. Right. 
because the Democrats were, were prepping for some kind of legal battle should they have lost the election. And that's what Joe Biden was told not to concede under any circumstances. Trump isn't either. This was inevitable. No matter what happened, no one is going to give up. And there, and that's the big question, I think. Why is anyone bothering trying to convince anybody that they're right or wrong? Trump supporters want me to come out and definitively state the election was stolen, that Trump is the true winner. The left is saying anybody who says that is living in a, in a delusional reality and, and Joe Biden has won. And here's the uh, nightmare scenario that we were warned about. Both presidents declaring victory. Donald Trump is declaring victory. His supporters are propping, are putting up evidence of voter fraud. There was real evidence. Is it systemic evidence that proves Trump won or that Biden cheated? Not, 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 not yet. Uh, I, I should say no, but they're saying they have some evidence, but there is evidence. There are irregularities. There are weird mathematical anomalies. And it doesn't matter whether you think it's right or I think it's right. What matters is Trump's base says it is, and they believe it. And you can't take that away from them. You, you won't change their minds. The left is the same way. We, you know, I can, I can actually show evidence of voter, of, of, of voter fraud, signs or indications that voter fraud occurred, and they'll reject it and say, no evidence, no evidence. Or they'll add qualifying words like substantial fraud. That way, they discredit any actual conversation about this. In the end, it's, a, it's rigged, Trump says. Denver-based Dominion voting systems ruined the election. Do you know what would have happened if Donald Trump won? The left probably would have accused Trump of rigging with Dominion because they were already sending these letters out beforehand. The point is, it doesn't matter. The lawsuits, in my opinion, don't matter. Trump may win, but if he does, the only thing that matters right now is, will the Supreme Court intervene? I don't know. And in fact, we have we have a breaking story. Supreme Court declines to take up Pennsylvania absentee ballot case. Republicans have asked the high court to block all absentee ballots that arrived in Pennsylvania after Election Day. It doesn't matter because if the Supreme Court does intervene and Donald Trump is then chosen to be the president, the left will just explode. And I think that if Trump doesn't find his way through this and it ends up with Joe Biden being the one who gets inaugurated, then the right is going to explode, albeit in very different ways. It won't be the same, right? The right isn't going to go around and pull a Black Lives Matter or Antifa smashing windows and destroying storefronts. But you may see armed militia groups occupying neighborhoods saying we reject the governor. We reject the president. I don't know what to expect. I can only tell you this. Nothing indicates unity. Now, of course, we see the, the Joe Biden and the left and Democrats saying now is the time to heal. Because the Democrats, now that, they, now that they're projected to get the power, want everyone to come together. Except the far left says, no, we refuse. And the Trump supporters say the same thing. Why would we unite with you after four years of being insulted, lied about and smeared with every every slur in the book? And then Antifa came and beat us up. So they won't back down. So what ends up happening? An actual resistance like armed insurgency. I mean, the far left doesn't like Biden either. All that's happened with a Biden presidency is. You now have the angry leftist faction who hates the, ang- you know, hates the uh, angry right wing factions. Both both groups focused on each other. And Joe Biden is not going to do anything and is passively <laughs> uninvolved, to say the least. I mean, the dude barely campaigned. And that's what makes me wonder about what's going to happen next. Could there be an actual civil war 
like a hot civil war between factions. You've got the Oath Keepers, which according to Wikipedia have, I believe they say 35,000 members, or I think they, they say this, the organization claims a membership of 35,000 as of 2016. Are these people going to form their own patrols? Their oath is to the Constitution. If Joe Biden institutes national lockdowns in violation of the Constitution, what will the Oath Keepers do? I don't know. The Oath Keepers have certainly been, you know, smeared pretty heavily by groups like the SPLC. And as far as I know, they're kind of a libertarian. Well, oh, Wikipedia says far right anti-government militia organization. Sure, whatever. I'm not I'm not too concerned about what they are, let alone uh, as opposed to that they exist. And I'm not saying that to smear or insult them. I'm saying there is a group of people that will likely reject these these uh, these rulings that will likely reject a Joe Biden presidency and the far left will continue to be violent. The police have already shown us that they're not going to defend Trump supporters. And if Joe Biden ends up becoming president, the police will absolutely be enforcing these unconstitutional lockdowns, in which case people like the Oath Keepers are going to say, you're breaking the supreme law of this land. Why won't anyone do anything about it? I mean, in, in, the, in the legal sense, in the, in the, in the bureaucracy, in the, in the administrations, they can't do the things they're doing. Several states have already lost rulings on these lockdowns. The Constitution forbids it, but they just don't care. The cops will enforce it if told, and they are. And that's why in D.C. many of these Trump supporters got attacked, because the police would not protect them or let them through safely. They told them to go through the crowd, go get beaten by Antifa, and they did. I'm still surprised so many Trump supporters keep defending the police because the police are just doing what, what they're told by the politicians. And in many of these cities, the politicians are Democrats. So I don't know where we go, but I don't see anything that's going to bring us together. In fact, quite the opposite. I think we're sitting on the powder keg and the fuse is about to go. So that combined with the new COVID lockdowns and the, the huge lines of people desperate for food. And we are on the verge of something crazy, because I'll tell you this. If we end up seeing riots on the scale of the George Floyd riots back in June, but this time you've got armed right wing groups patrolling. That's the powder keg, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. My friends, I read the news every single day. I read so many stories and often the same story from different outlets. And that's how sometimes I see through the false framing and the BS. I try to go to the source. I do actual journalism. I know people like to push this lie that I don't ask for comments. I don't do original research. I don't call people. None of that is true. I do. For the most part, the overwhelming majority of what I do is just opinion commentary on existing news articles, but I often do follow up. And in this instance, I have found what appears to be, and maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm wrong, one of the most brazen and desperate attempts at discrediting Donald Trump I've ever seen. Reminded of a quote that uh, Michael Malice said and tweeted out by Michael Cernovich. If they weren't losing, the propaganda wouldn't be necessary. And I thought about that when I saw this story, which states Trump tweets, I won the election shortly after his campaign drops key claim that 700,000 mail-in ballots were illegally processed without GOP poll watchers present in Pennsylvania. Wow. The Trump campaign dropped their key argument 
that could flip Pennsylvania or freeze it. I can't believe it, everybody. I know I can't. And I didn't <laughs> literally didn't believe it. So I checked more sources. How about Politico? Trump campaign pairs back federal suit over Pennsylvania election results. The suit deletes allegations about poll watchers. My, my friends, I don't know what they hope to gain by lying to people to this degree, but this is not true. I actually have the lawsuit Politico linked me to. It was not the most arduous research I've ever done. So maybe Politico made a mistake and paired and posted the wrong amended lawsuit. But that would mean Rudy Giuliani posted the wrong one, too. So what is this? Wow. Trump's tweeting out in all caps. I won the election and I'm like, oh, come on, Trump, give us evidence. OK, I know, you know, Giuliani and Sidney Powell have said we can't release it just yet, but we got a bunch. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I reserve judgment because everybody is is demanding, you know, we're winning. We're on the right side. Trump is losing. Dude, look, we're going through the process. That's what I'm going to do. You publish the evidence. I'll go through the evidence. The news media and numerous web outlets like the Washington Post makes the same claim. They all make the same claim. And it's not true. My friends, either these journalists don't actually do any reporting at all, which is probably the case. Or they're willfully lying. But for what reason? It's lying about what Trump is suing for isn't going to change what he is suing for. Maybe they're trying to erode Trump's base of support. That seems likely. There was a big story that Trump's fundraising for the the uh, recount fund went to paying back his debt. And I see all these stories everywhere. And then I went to Trump's actual uh, site for what was Win Red for fundraising. And it didn't say what they claimed it said. Now, maybe it's because the Trump campaign removed some fine print or whatever, but they claimed it said 50% would go back to paying off their debts. When I went and looked at it, it said it would go to some political action committee. Maybe they did that to to protect themselves when the story came out. Oh, no, we're going to lose support. Maybe. I got to tell you, I'm not confident in Donald Trump's chances of pulling this off because they've given me no reason to believe it. Other than Trump coming out and saying, I've won the election, there's rigging, there's fraud and all that stuff. I hear you, dude. I see this stuff. But it still doesn't give me any reason to believe we're changing tracks towards a Trump victory. There is a legal path. And news outlets, NBC particularly, they're still writing about Trump's uh, attempt to jam up certification in an effort to force a delegation vote, a contingency election. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not done until they've certified the, uh, the until the electors vote, actually. And I got to be honest, I don't think it's even done until Joe Biden's inaugurated and Trump waves goodbye and leaves the White House. So until then, I can I'm not I can't tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose or what's going on. And, I, and I'll put it this way. The media, of course, has declared it for Joe Biden. The election's over. Well, sure. If you're going by just the public counting of votes, I understand that's why you would probably say that. Right now, Joe Biden is projected. uh, I I, I should say the results are all finalized, not certified. Some states have certified, but it puts Joe Biden at 306 to Trump's 232, putting Joe Biden on track for victory. But the Trump campaign is still suing. And one of the one of the principal arguments is that there is no adequate relief for 700,000 ballots that were that were counted without adequate representation and meaningful access. They're asking the court to freeze certification. 
So why? And, and, and look, I know, I know we can talk all day and night about the election and who's going to win. Is Trump really on track? But my bigger question is, what is this? Take a look at this. First, I showed you the Daily Mail saying they dropped this. They say uh, the Daily Mail says they dropped the claim, the key claim that 700,000 mail-in ballots were illegally processed. It dropped the allegation that 682,479 mail-in and absentee ballots were illegally processed without its representative watching. The suit maintains Democratic voters were treated more favorably than Republican voters. It charges that Democratic heavy counties violated the law by identifying mail-in ballots before Election Day that had defects so the voter could fix them. Here's Politico. They say President Donald Trump's campaign has dramatically scaled back its federal lawsuit, challenging the election results in Pennsylvania, dropping legal claims stemming from observers who assert they were blocked from viewing vote counting in counties dominated by Democrats. The retrenched version of the suit filed late Sunday morning with a federal court in Williamsport, PA, withdrew the request for relief over the poll watching allegations and now focuses solely on varying practices by county officials for handling mail-in ballots that lacked an internal secrecy envelope or otherwise ran afoul of the state's election rules. See this right here? Okay, I'll tell you what. This is a link to the suit they claim. Rudy Giuliani also linked to it, saying to read paragraphs 132 through 150. Maybe Politico linked the wrong document, I guess, but then... They didn't even read what they linked. So either way, they failed. But look, look what they say. The Trump campaign argues that Trump's constitutional rights were violated because some counties made efforts to contact voters who botched their mail-in ballots, while other counties made so no such outreach. The legal move appears to narrow the number of votes at stake in the federal suit to a few thousand or less. Officials in one suburban Philadelphia county, Montgomery, said at a court hearing earlier this month that they believe about 93 ballots were cured. With President-elect Joe Biden nearly 69,000 votes ahead of Trump in the Keystone State, the number of cured ballots seems likely to be too small to matter. However, the revised version of Trump's campaign federal court suit continues to ask for a court order barring Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar from certifying the statewide election results for president. The Trump campaign is continuing to press its legal claims about the poll-watching issues in state court. Trump had some success on that front, winning an order in Pennsylvania that allowed some observers to get closer to the ballots as they were being counted. The city of Philadelphia has appealed that order to the state Supreme Court. Okay. All right. All right. Let me show you the actual suit. Let's stop playing games. First, here's Rudy Giuliani. He responded to the the story that I just read you. I imagine this guy has a reading deficit. He didn't read paragraphs 132 to 150 of the amended complaint. I guess 680,770 uninspected, unlawful mail-in votes isn't enough. Well, we will find more before trial. This is the document that Politico themselves linked to. I can only assume then gross negligence. I fully respect the possibility that, man, I am just not a lawyer, have no idea what I'm talking about. Fine. But if Rudy Giuliani who filed the claim and is a lawyer, is saying, this is so, read these things. A cursory view of these paragraphs say, uneven treatment of watchers and representatives at the county elections election boards canvassing of ballots. Uneven treatment. Specifically going through the fact that they weren't allowed meaningful access. I can only imagine that Politico has more than just a reading deficit, some kind of cognitive deficiency. And I mean that with no uh, no uh, <laughs> disrespect for the differently abled. I quite literally mean these people are unable to process information or they're lying. 
Yeah, perhaps the latter is the case. So I decided to say, okay, Rudy, how do you respond to this? Because this is what I do all day, okay? Politico made a claim. The Daily Mail made a claim. The Washington Post made a claim. Rudy Giuliani said, did you read it? I said, okay, I'll read it. And I did. <laughs> it's crazy to me that they're trying to push this narrative in Politico that the amount of ballots at stake won't even affect the outcome. Therefore, why would they stop? Why, why would they not certify results? They literally say 600. This is insane. Pa- paragraph 132, as Rudy Giuliani says to read, it's here. In every instance where an absentee or mail-in ballot is opened and canvassed by a county election board, poll watchers and canvas representatives are legally permitted to be present. Poll watchers and canvas representatives serve the important purpose of assuring the voters we get it. Defendants have not allowed watchers and representatives to be present when the required declarations on envelopes containing official absentee and mail-in ballots are reviewed for, for sufficiency. When the ballot envelopes are opened and when such ballots are counted and recorded, Instead, watchers were kept by security personnel and a metal barricade from the area where the review, opening, and counting were taking place. Consequently, it was physically impossible to view the envelopes or ballots. In Center County, the central pre-canvassing location was a large ballroom. The setup was such that the poll watchers did not have meaningful access to observe the canvassing and tabulation process of mail-in and absentee ballots, and in fact, the poll watchers and observers who were present could not actually observe the ballots such that, they, such that they could confirm or object to the validity of the ballots. In Philadelphia County, poll watchers and canvas representatives were denied access altogether in some instances. In Delaware County, observers were denied access to a backroom counting area. After a court-ordered injunction, the poll watchers and canvas representatives were finally allowed in the room uh, in the backroom counting area on November 5th to observe, but only for five minutes every two hours. During the allowed observation time in the backroom counting area, the observers witnessed tens of thousands of paper ballots. Other Pennsylvania counties provided watchers with appropriate access to view the ballots as required by Commonwealth law. However, defendants intentionally denied the Trump campaign access to unobstructed observation and ensure opacity, denying plaintiffs and residents of Pennsylvania the equal protection of the law. With particular regard to the Philadelphia County Board of Elections, the board would not permit the Trump's campaign watchers to be within six feet of all aspects. I'm going to stop here. It's the exact same argument they've been making. What they revised it and put it back in. Why did why did the Daily Mail, Politico, Washington Post and many others say that's not true? How strange. In fact, they actually bring up the hard number. Paragraph 142 of the document that Politico themselves linked to. It is estimated that 680,770 ballots were processed by the Allegheny and Philadelphia County Board of Elections with when no observation was allowed. A shocking number of mail-in ballots have inexplicably appeared in counties since the November 4 ballot reports. For instance, in Delaware County, the county's Wednesday, November 4th report indicated that Delaware County reported it had received around 113,000 mail-in ballots and counted approximately 93 voted ballots. On the next day, November 5th, the secretary of the Commonwealth's 430 report reflected that Delaware County had received about 114,000 ballots. Several hours later, the Delaware County solicitor reported to an observer the county had received about 126,000, then 122, I'm sorry, and counted about 122. Then they said their website reflects they counted about 127. Plaintiffs have received no explanation for where the additional 14,000 voted ballots came from when they arrived or why they were included in the current count. Okay, so what's that all about? That's in that's that's in the suit. Now, there are paragraphs stricken. 
One of them says defendants have also violated the Equal Protection Clause. That was stricken. They go on to mention mail-in ballots received after 8 p.m. on Election Day and a need for emergency judicial intervention, basically reasserting what was removed in the past paragraph. It seems like maybe Rudy Giuliani just streamlined the document. Whereas each individual argument kind of said, here's our proposal. Now it's like, here are the arguments, and here's what we're asking for in terms of injunctive relief. They say, need for emergency judicial intervention. The Equal Protection Clause mandates the Commonwealth provide and use in every county the same statewide uniform standards and regulations when conducting statewide or multi-county elections involving federal candidates, including without limitation to without limitation, the standards and regulations providing for the casting of count and counting votes. So this we understand. Okay, let's jump down. And there's a bunch of stuff they, they, they struck out of this. But what are they asking for? I just read you one of the arguments they've brought forth. The media claim doesn't exist. They go on to mention the 14th Amendment, denial of equal protection. It's exactly what I've said they've been arguing for for the past week or, or and a half or so. It's exactly what Rudy has said they've been arguing for. And they include the fact that they weren't given meaning, meaningful access to observe the tabulation process. And they've even added uh, or there's, there's multiple arguments here as well. They go on to say, you know, basically citing these, these, these past rulings, according to the Supreme Court, the 14th Amendment to the United States protects the right of all qualified citizens to vote in federal elections. Consequently, state election laws may not deny to any person within the state's jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Citing Bush v. Gore, basically, you can't have different processes for how you, how you uh, count votes. And that's basically what happened in 2000. They said some counties were counting ballots differently than other counties. So the solution was stop the recount, not discard the votes, none of that. Stop counting. George W. Bush ended up winning. The solution being proposed here is an injunction basically saying you can't certify the results because there's no nothing, nothing, nothing you can do. They say, wherefore, in addition to any other affirmative relief that the court may deem necessary and proper, plaintiff asks this court to enter judgment in their favor and provide the following alternative relief. Uh, the first, an order declaration and or injunction that prohibits the defendant county board of elections and defendant secretary Bookvar from certifying the results of the 2020 general election in Pennsylvania on a commonwealth wide basis. They struck out two and then added a new, um, an amended two. In addition to the alternative request for relief, an order declaration and or injunction that prohibits defendants from certifying the results of the general elections, which include the tabulation of absentee and mail-in ballots, which defendant improperly permitted to be cured. A temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction granting the above relief during the pendency of this action. Plaintiffs' reasonable cost and expenses of this action, including attorneys' fees and costs, and all other further relief to which plaintiffs might be entitled. They struck out November 9th and changed it to 15th. They removed Porter, Wright, and Morris. Why did Rudy Giuliani, why did, uh, who, do they, who do they put in here? Linda A. Kearns. Interesting. I, I believe she is still of uh, Porter Wright. I could be wrong. But why the change to this document? Could it be because the Lincoln Project, leftists and resistance Democrats, never Trumpers, began harassing Donald Trump's legal team, Porter Wright, Porter Wright, Morris and Arthur, and then they said, we want to quit this. We want to leave. My understanding was that if they were not allowed to leave, then the basically the firm would would jump out and Linda A. Kearns 
of the law offices of Linda A. Kearns would come in instead. So it seems like Porter Wright is out. Simple explanation for why they've put in an amended uh, argument. Different lawyer arguing in, in, in their words, maybe streamlining the process. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Do you, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to pretend to know. But it seems like a, 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 a reasonable reading of this legal document is that they're calling for an injunction to prohibit certifying the Pennsylvania's results, taking away 20 electoral votes for Joe Biden. It's going to put him at about 286. He's not going to lose. Trump needs to then get 17 electoral votes frozen. It's possible. I don't know which state he might go for next, but probably going to be one of the swing states where they're actually filing lawsuits. More importantly, this is going to I believe this is this is the federal court. If they get this to the Supreme Court and find similarly, it may have an impact on other states. Trump may pull out some kind of crazy triple Hail Mary, quadruple Hail Mary. I honestly just don't think it's likely. But far be it for me to assert what I think is going to like. Look, don't take my word for it. I, I, I have given predictions in the past and there are certain things I just can't predict. But I'll tell you this. My 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 head says Joe Biden's it's 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 Joe Biden. But doesn't that feel weird? Jesse Waters did a segment about this where he was like, something doesn't feel right. Like Joe Biden didn't campaign. He was like hiding most of the time. And now he's ahead. That just doesn't make sense. It's so weird. Hey, but it happens. Or maybe there's fraud. We'll let the process play out. I got a bunch of tweets to go through. The first, oh, geez. Well, I showed you the quote. If they weren't losing, the propaganda wouldn't be necessary. I mostly agree with this. If, if they were, if they, if they had been guaranteed the victory, they wouldn't need to desperately be trying to lie and claim that what's happening isn't really happening. This is the craziest thing to me. Look at, look, look what the Daily Mail said. This is nuts. They said he, they dropped the key claim that 700,000 mail-in ballots were illegally processed without poll watchers. Then what did I just read? What are they trying to say? I don't know what they're trying to say. They even used the word poll watcher, 682,000 ballots in the, in, in the legal document. Where did this come from? I don't know. And why? Are they just trying to erode Trump's supporters? Maybe. They're trying to make people think Trump is giving up. That seems strange to me. I think the simple solution is that these people didn't read it. Somebody saw that the, the initial portion about poll watching was stricken and then didn't actually read the full document because 86 pages. Can't heaven forbid these people do real work and then made the assumption, whoa, they removed it, wrote it up. And then all the other outlets just ran with it, linking the document without reading it. I actually read through the point. I didn't read the whole thing either. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should have read the beginning where it's like later on in this document, we're going to make an argument about poll watching, but ignore that, which makes no sense. So I really don't think that's the case. Now, Nicole Arbor tweeted. Here's uh, she said, one, election is held Two, citizen votes are counted. Three. Participants may contest procedures. You are here. Four, results are certified. Five, elector votes are cast. Six, elector votes are counted. Seven, winner is declared. Some think you are here. We're not. Nicole's correct. We are in what she's writing up as stage three, because you could theoretically add, uh, you know, election is held. And then you can say two is citizens cast their votes. Or you can get rid of elector votes cast either way. We are, we, are, we are not even at the cert- uh, state certification deadline for most of these states. Only a few states have even certified. And I believe the, the, they choose electors like the, the deadline is the 8th and then the electors vote on the 14th. 
Normally, I guess it's a formality, but, you know, because usually someone concedes, well, Trump isn't. So we're going to go through the constitutional process. Trump, of course, tweeting, I won the election. And Vosh, of course, the uh, anti-fascist socialist YouTuber says, no, I did. No, me. Official sources called this election differently. Did they now? Okay. (laughs) Well, sure. Cernovich brought up a really good point in this regard. After Donald Trump said, I won the election, he pointed out fact checkers. Stacey Abrams lost the election, but we won't rate this claim to the contrary as false. Basically, they say Abrams fell short by 55,000 votes out of nearly 4 million cast. In a case filed with election uh, filled with election mischief and fierce disputes, Buttigieg should not be so definitive in his assertion that Abrams would have won if not for racially motivated measures. But at this point, we think it's prudent to leave this without a Pinocchio rating, though we may revisit this fact check in if more definitive evidence emerges in the future. No Pinocchio for you, Buttigieg, because Stacey Abrams actually won and we all know it. If only the fraud. Remember Stacey Abrams lost and then they were like, it's fraud. Fraud is the only reason she lost. So then Donald Trump comes out and says, I won. Fraud is the only reason I lost. And I'm like, oh, we're we're here again. What do you want me to say to this? Okay, that's Trump's opinion. He's looking at things I can't see and we'll see how it plays out. I'll wait for the evidence. I didn't (laughs) outside of the fact that Stacey Abrams lost. I don't think I weighed in very heavily on much of what they were claiming. And outside of the fact that I've been saying over and over again, we're tracking towards a Joe Biden presidency, but we're far from finishing this process. I don't know what anyone expects me to say. Certainly the Trump supporters want me to say Trump was was cheated and is on track to win and he and he won't won't be defeated and stuff like that's for you guys, man. You're the Trump supporters, right? Like I voted for the guy that should be uh, uh, good enough for most of you. But listen, maybe I'm uh, uh, totally wrong and, and, and misunderstanding why they're writing this. Part of me says how could it be this blatant? Certainly, I must have gotten something wrong, right? I don't know. Rudy Giuliani straight up said they, he must not have read the actual paragraphs. Weird. That's very weird. Okay. Well, they're still asking for an, an, an injunction, injunctive relief or, uh, relief or alternative relief. And my understanding from, from what a lot of people have said is it's a long shot. It is a long shot. Uh, Alan Dershowitz thinks Trump might win on the, the, the ballots collected after election day, perhaps. That's what, and, and he's a lawyer. So, f- you know, far be it for me. That isn't going to be enough to actually change the results, nor do I think it's going to convince the, the Supreme Court or a federal court to freeze certification in Pennsylvania. But I'm not, you know, look, I'm not the judge. We'll, 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 we'll see how it plays out. And, uh, it's not over yet. As much as everybody wants to say Trump lose, lost, just give up, it seems like they're fighting really, really hard to erode Trump's base of support. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. We are back into full-on panic mode. CNN saying Christmas and the holidays will not be possible. Lockdowns are hitting almost every state one by one. Here we go, baby. Have you been paying attention? They're saying cases are skyrocketing. Doctors are retiring, quitting outright. Some even may go on strike over too many patients, they say. The reality is hospitalizations aren't necessarily going through the roof. Cases are, as people are getting tested, deaths have gone up a little bit, but not all that much. But here we go, baby. What's all this about? Well, it's about COVID, right? And COVID, you know, kills people. It doesn't have the highest mortality rate we've seen for other pandemics. 
But it, you know, it's serious. Should we lock everything down, destroy our economy and cancel our holiday plans? In my opinion, no, that's insane. And I'm going off the World Health Organization's advice. They're the ones who said not to do this. But for whatever reason, here we go. Now, there may be a reason. The Great Reset. Ah, yes, the Great Reset. They say it's a conspiracy theory. No, it isn't. It's not even it's not even a conspiracy in the sense that they're not hiding that they want to do this. It's a public policy position of the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset is a plan, I guess, to normalize global capitalism and reattune it for what do they call it? Global stakeholders. I guess that means people who want to live or whatever. Look, there's a very interesting conundrum in this idea that we will overpopulate the planet, acidify the oceans and eventually destroy ourselves. And thus something needs to change. But what they're talking about doing isn't really that. I mean, it may be that there's benevolent dictators. It may be that they are the smart elites who know better than the rest of us. Why should I trust them? They've given me no reason to suggest that. And more importantly, on the surface, they just want to reimagine global capitalism. And they do outright say the issue is climate change and overpopulation and that we have an opportunity with COVID-19 to make this change. And thus, we're seeing global economic collapse. There's going to be some really weird changes happening in the future. And I have to imagine we are on the precipice of some revolutionary change in our culture and society. Donald Trump may have prevented that for several years, and maybe somehow Trump will pull out a win. But for now, the results, the conspiracies, the theories, whatever you want to call them, are not so relevant. What's relevant now is that people are going to go hungry. People are going to become suicidal and kill themselves. People are going to face extreme depression. People in big cities are going to be locked in their cubicle little apartments, and they're going to go nuts. We'll probably end up seeing way more riots because of this. Here's the first story and what I think may actually result in absolute chaos. Christmas is not going to be possible. CNN host Jake Tapper writes off the holiday season as Dr. Fauci tells him new COVID restrictions will last well into next year. Fauci warned that when a vaccine arrives, it's not going to be a light switch. Tapper replied, so not until the second or third quarter of 2021, though, Christmas is probably not going to be possible. Infectious disease experts confirmed normality wouldn't arrive until quarter two or three of 2021. That means the normal holidays could resume Labor Day or Thanksgiving 2021. I'm not convinced. First, they said 15 days to slow the spread. And that turned into what? Nearly a year now? What is it? Nine months to slow the spread and counting. But the spread, the spread didn't stop. Apparently, wearing masks didn't work well enough, I suppose. And now we're seeing another major spike in cases. Of course, there are very weird stories like Elon Musk saying he took four tests, two were positive, two were negative. My favorite story from the New York Post that I think it was, um, what's her name? Is her name Erica Badu? I'm not entirely sure. But this, this singer, she got tested in her left nostril, positive, right nostril, negative. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. What's going to happen, in my opinion, is that they're saying, well, it might not be until the end of next year. They already told us 15 days. Now they're telling us several months, a year again. If we go to quarter three, that means one year from now. Okay. And the result, in my opinion, is going to be they're not going to stop after a year. Why? They want to create the new normal. Stay in your homes, everybody. This is partly why I decided to move out into the middle of nowhere, as I'm sure many other people did. 
There's been a lot of news about wealthy individuals ditching big cities, moving to Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Iowa, etc. Now, I didn't move. I'm still relatively close to, you know, big cities, but pretty much in the middle of nowhere. A lot of space, a lot of land can roam about and kind of do what I want outside because there's nobody around. And I'll tell you this. I'm having Christmas. I'm having Thanksgiving because I live in the middle of nowhere. For those that are in the big cities, this is where everything's going to break down. The reason why I said I think this story will result in absolute chaos is not because I think in the next month or two, people are going to be like, Christmas, ah, they're going to go nuts. No, I think people are already depressed, separated from love, loved ones. Travel restrictions are coming back. It's getting harder and harder to move around. And so people are probably getting lonely, I guess. Now you'd add into the fact that the one time of year, or there's a couple times out of the year, but this is Christmas, when families can get together and celebrate. No. And it's not necessarily even Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is when all the families come together. We argue about politics. We eat turkey, cranberry gravy, whatever. Not going to happen. So people are going to be going through prolonged periods of isolation. And many people who live in cities are either getting evicted, they're running out of money, they're going hungry, and they're getting really, really angry. You know, I don't know if this is true. I I think it is. Someone told me that the reason Europe has universal health care is because of World War II. After World War II, this major crisis and people dying in the streets, they had no choice. They couldn't just do nothing. So they said, as part of the war effort, we now need to create some kind of medical system. And from there, they've grown. That's my understanding. I could be wrong because I'm not an expert on you know, European history or anything like that. I know it's only World War II not that long ago, but still not a historian. Perhaps what comes of COVID and many of these, these leftists, it's Democratic governors doing this, see an opportunity for the Great Reset, as it's called. But more importantly, an opportunity to say we must have some kind of universal health care. And this would be the hard switch. Too many people are sick. They're, they're in hospitals on their deathbed or whatever. And thus, we must do something to prevent the mass death. Could be used as an excuse. Just an idea. Ultimately, what I think is going to happen is we're not going to have doctors. I mean it. I think it's going to become harder and harder to get medical treatment. This is where it gets scary. Let me show you what's happening. A Thanksgiving like no other, says the Daily Mail. Thousands of desperate Texans wait in line at drive through food bank in hope of getting one of the 7,000 frozen turkeys ahead of the holiday. They say the food bank distribution event held by the North Texas Food Bank in Dallas on Saturday saw 600,000 pounds of food given away, including 7,000 turkeys. We've seen these photos over and over again. Now, I'll tell you what. Earlier this morning, I was critical of the Daily Mail because they were lying or just outright wrong about Trump's lawsuit to try and flip or or freeze certification in Pennsylvania. I'm not just going to assume they know what they're talking about now, but there are photos and we've we've seen stories like this. So th- to the best of my abilities, I believe this is true. Look at all these cars, food banks. I tell you, man, we're hearing that doctors are starting to re- retire and resign because they can't handle the workload. It's not worth it. And they want to be there for their families. So what happens if you break your arm? I hope you know how to treat it. I, I suggest a couple things right now. Here's what I want you to do. Take out your phone. Go to the app store download general survival and camping guides, download a general guide on how to fish or farm or whatever, take care of yourself. And I'll tell you this, it's not because I think the world is going to end. I think we actually have too much food, to be completely honest. Americans kind of overweight, if you know what I mean. 
But I think this is something people should learn and know. You should learn how to uh, survive on your own. Maybe not as a survivalist, you know, like, you know, on Discovery Channel, but just not to start a fire, not to take care of yourself because sometimes it rains. It's the easy way to put it. We've seen so many instances of natural disasters and floods. Take this stuff seriously. Learn what you can. And if all you got to do is download a little app and it's like a survival guide, here's the kind of things you can eat when you're in the middle of nowhere. And here's the kind of things you should avoid. How do you survive a bear attack? That kind of stuff. Hey, man, it might happen. Probably not. But how hard is it to download this app? I'm going to do something I, rare, I, I don't often do. But considering we're talking about a major period of lockdown, I definitely am going to do this. I'm going to shout out safeandreadymeals.com. This is a uh, sponsored shout out. These are emergency food bins. I, I describe the food that comes in these things as basically like hamburger helper. Maybe they don't want to be described that way, whatever. But you, you get like a pack. It's got like mac and cheese and powder and you put it in water. You stir it. You don't got to strain it or anything. Super easy. I actually eat them kind of often because it's just regular food you'd get at the store. Only difference is that this stuff lasts a really, really long time. The reason why I'm shouting this out twofold, to be completely honest, it does support my channel. And, you know, I run ads. It's how I fund my ventures. But more importantly, I almost don't, I, I never do stuff like this. The only reason I'm really giving them a shout out, because I've been, I've been offered a ton of sponsorships and like offers. I don't do it. Video games, that one really famous game that everyone knows. I won't do it. And they've offered me crazy money. I really do believe in, in having some kind of emergency food. When you see these videos, when you see these photos of massive lines, you don't want to be the person in the food bank. Or more importantly, maybe you will be, but at least you'll have some emergency uh, um, you know, f- food supply in the event that we go through a, a sustained period of lockdown. What you need to understand is a couple things. There's going to be mass evictions. They're talking about another year of lockdown. We, I, we, we warned about this earlier in the year, okay? They're talking about another year of lockdowns, no holidays. The supply chain will likely be disrupted. We saw it last time. I remember going to the store and there was no milk. That's crazy. Got to get the milk, bread and eggs, right? Mostly gone. But they still had a ton of stuff. It wasn't like we were starving or anything. You went to Walmart. They had more than enough food. But all the mac, this is the crazy thing. The mac and cheese was gone. Like, you know, the ready mac and cheese things like the Velveeta where it's like, you, you, you open it up and you just squeeze this cheese out onto the, like, those were all gone. <laughs> and there was like beans for days. And I'm like, beans are kind of what you want. No rice and no flour, though. That was crazy. So here's what I'm saying. If you want to support the channel and you want to take this stuff cereal, check out, uh, take this, take this stuff seriously. Maybe get some cereal. I don't know if they have cereal and they have pancakes. Uh, go to safeandreadymeals.com. Just because sometimes it rains. Look, I know a lot of people don't want to take this stuff seriously. They think it's going to be fine. Listen, I can understand if in the beginning of last year, you know, these people were like, oh, Tim, you're crazy. We don't need to buy a thing of food, an emergency food supply. It'll last a month or whatever. We don't need to do that. And then a few months later, we had mass rioting. The riots, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, were partly due to the pent up rage people had from being trapped in these cubicles. Likely going to happen again. I know, maybe not, but why wouldn't it? I'm not predicting some crazy distant future. I'm talking about what already happened. And and if you want to take it seriously, I recommend having some kind of emergency supply. I'll tell you this. I'll be completely honest. Remember when I went, maybe many of you didn't see this. I went on the Joe Rogan podcast with Jack Dorsey. At the end of it, I said, Jack, if you keep doing stuff like this with Twitter, eventually people are going to are going to lose it. So I'm building a van, a self-sustainable van. It's got its own power and everything. And that's and I'm just going to have it. Partly because, isn't it cool to have like your own little RV or whatever? And it was like, at the time, the van life stuff was really popular. 
But then people started making jokes that I was like prepping. Ah, uh, okay. Well, in the event that there is some kind of mass unrest, I'm no longer in the Philly area. And they just called in the riot police like in the past couple of weeks. So it happens. But more importantly, the, the local shops near me, the, the, the shelves were stripped clean. I'm really worried about what's going to happen because they're, they're straight up talking about the Great Reset. Now, I don't know. You want to call it a conspiracy theory or whatever. This is the world, uh, the World Economic Forum website. They're straight up saying it. They're talking about making these changes. Whether or not it's intentional, what the lockdowns are like, it doesn't matter if the lockdowns are for the Great Reset or something else. What matters is they're locking things down. Maybe it's because they, they want to take advantage of COVID. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Take a look at this story. Doctors are calling it quits under stress of the pandemic. Thousands of medical practices are closing as doctors and nurses decide to retire early or shift to less intense jobs. Here's this one. 2,200 Philly area nurses are threatening to strike during a coronavirus surge for safe patient limits. Get a first aid kit. You should have a first aid kit. You should have some water. You should have some food. Okay. Look, a lot of people like to make fun of preppers, but you know who's laughing at all of us right now? Preppers. So I've started uh, uh, slowly buying up, you know, some water, some food, some rice and first aid kits because I take seriously the fact that they're going to lock us down for a year. Can I just stress this one more time? They're saying normality won't arrive until quarter three of 2021. Okay. I don't look, you don't got to listen to me. Maybe I'm just a crazy guy. All right. That's fine. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I bought a little bit extra beans. My worst case scenario is, like I said last time, is I have taco night. And I did. And I'll tell you what else. I bought many of these, these food bins and we just ate them. We were like, well, things seem to be chilling out. So we cracked them open. We made it. They got strong enough. It's really good. And then mac and cheese, potato soup. And we just threw some cheese in it and it was great. We just ate it because it's food. You can eat it. It's like the difference is these, they have these like oxygen absorber things that makes it last a really long time. So it, it is what it is, man. But listen, I don't think it's just about food. Okay. Get a first aid kit because I don't, I don't blame doctors for wanting to quit. It's getting intense. Uh, it's hard to do this job and it's not going to end anytime soon. They want you to work long hours. Some people are saying the hospitals that aren't that overwhelmed, hospitalizations aren't going up. Fine. But what I'm hearing a lot of is that people are having trouble even getting in the doctor because they're not scheduling them for ailments that they have. You know, things like broken bones or I had a friend who had to get cancer treatments and they were like, we can't see you right now. So I have to do telemedicine. Everything is being pulled way back. It's not just food. It's not just general work, movie theaters closing, bars closing. The lockdowns are coming one by one. Look at this one. New Mexico state prepares for Monday's lockdown. Governors bring back severe coronavirus lockdowns, tighten restrictions as cases hit record highs. Some are resisting draconian restrictions as potential vaccine appears on horizon. Maybe the vaccine will reverse all this. Maybe you won't need to do anything. Maybe you can ignore the great reset, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine, man. No, whatever. If you have the capability, I'd say think about the future now. Prepare for whatever you think you might need to prepare for. The most important thing I think, uh, most important thing I think everyone should have is general survival on their phone and first aid. 
not because of any disaster, because you probably should have these things in the first place. Some of these survival guides might be like, here's how you can set a broken bone. Imagine you're out playing basketball with your friends and you fall down and break your arm and someone could be like, oh, I got an app. Here's what we do. Then you call an ambulance and they're gonna be like, wow, great. We can help him. Good job on keeping his arm safe. It might say something like in the event of this, do this. In the event of that, do this. It might say, here's how you perform the Heimlich maneuver. I'm like, you got to make sure you're being self-sustaining, uh, uh, self-sufficient to the best of your abilities. And you should do these things already. I've had a survival guide on my phone and I downloaded the summation of Wikipedia. Not that it's like perfect information, but I downloaded it because I could. And you never know. You might like people get lost in the woods all the time. Imagine this. There, I was reading about sur- general survival. You know that people, when they get lost, they get out of their cars and they leave. You know why that's dumb? I was reading this. I said, when a helicopter is doing a search, it's really easy to see a car. It's really hard to see a person. So you're supposed to stay with your vehicle. Now, I'm assuming that's true. Maybe someone will say that's actually not true, but I assume it is partly because you want to protect yourself from the elements. But think about simple things like that. If your car breaks down, you're in the middle of nowhere, stay with your car. They'll probably find it. And if you're in it, you're going to be protected from the elements, wild animals. And, you know, there you go. These are general things people probably would should know. And if they did, We'd save a lot of lives. My bigger concern here, these lockdowns are going to result in tons of death. You know, they say that masks work and all that stuff. My question is, why is COVID just spiking like crazy? Of course, their response is going to be because we were easing restrictions. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about masks, though. Shouldn't have, shouldn't, you know, wearing masks have reduced this? Certainly, you can't come and tell me that the one or two instances, you know, the small handful of where people are like, I refuse, is causing a major spike like this. Could it be all of the Joe Biden celebrations that happened? Maybe that was it. Could it be the people protesting for Trump or whatever? Maybe, maybe it's all of it, whatever. The point is other illnesses have gone down. So I can't tell you what, I can't tell you what or why. I can only tell you the governors are going to do it. In some states, I don't believe they can because it was ruled unconstitutional, but it seems that like Gretchen Whitmer doesn't care. So I'll tell you one thing. You know what's really gotten in the way of these despots? The Constitution. They can't be too happy with uh, uh, happy with it. I'll tell you that. And I have to wonder. I have to wonder what the, what the, what these despots must be thinking. People like Gretchen Whitmer, who's like, you know, she she orders these lockdowns in Michigan that are in, of, in violation of the Constitution. The, the state Supreme Court rules against her. She says so. What the legislator rules against her. She says she says so. What? So finally, the Supreme Court comes down. She still says so. What? But then the AG in Michigan said, I'm not going to adhere to I can't do it. SCOTUS, I believe it was the Supreme Court of uh, the United States that said, no dice, you can't do it. And I believe the same has happened in Pennsylvania. If Trump somehow finds a way to stay president, the U.S. will get through COVID and people will lose their lives. They will. I don't think lockdowns are the answer um, because the World Health Organization said they aren't. So the fact that they're, that deaths aren't spiking, but cases are, is uh, the fact that they think that's grounds for this mass lockdown to me is absolutely crazy. But pay attention, pay attention, pay attention to all of these people lining up, needing food. People have lost their jobs. He, whole industries are being wiped out by this. Movie theaters gone. There's a, there, there's a movie theater by me that partially reopened and they were showing movies like old movies like Harry Potter and stuff because there's no movies. Entire industries are being wiped out. And isn't it convenient for the, you know, for the left? They oppose the consumerist culture, the climate change problems and all that stuff. Hey, man, I got to say, I agree. 
But I believe in individual freedom and liberty, and therein lies the serious problem. You know, are, are these people exploiting COVID for their ideological ends? I'd have to say I would assume yes. They talk about the Great Reset. It's not a conspiracy. It's what they want to do. OK, they talk about all of the, all these stories. Look at this. Uh, the podcast club uh, help startups thrive in Abu Dhabi. If only we knew they have one about intersectionality. Here we go. What is intersectionality and how can it help businesses tackle diversity and inclusion? You see what they're going for? They are using COVID to the best of their abilities to get what they want. But I'm going to leave you with one more bit of advice. Actually, it's not advice at all. I'm not I am not advising anybody of anything other than take care of yourself. Think for the future. I will point out what I'm going to do. And in no way, I am not advising anybody to do anything. Tyler Winklevoss. Remember this guy, the Facebook guy. Citibank report predicts Bitcoin price of 318,000 by December 2021. Buckle up. Interesting. I wonder why. Could it be that when they said they're going to lock down our economy for a year, people are, are going to flock to some kind of stable international uh, medium or, or, or something that can retain value? Gold, silver, Bitcoin. I got to I got I can only imagine that people are going to say it is not smart to be in <laughs> liquid assets or even I don't know cash the economy is going to be decimated and that's an understatement because decimate was supposed to mean i think like reduced by 10 percent if they lock us down for another year prepare to see the worst economy in generations under donald trump it would be the best i don't know what's going to happen but i'll tell you this if they're, they're talking about the great reset look at this it's trending right now politics trending the great reset if they're talking about this, if they're violating the Constitution and they're destroying our economy, people are going to snap. I'm worried about this stuff. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not giving advice again, but full disclosure, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. I am. Uh, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Donald Trump is being heavily criticized by leftists and resistance Democrats for refusing to concede and saying rigged. Trump says Denver-based Dominion voting systems ruined the election. Well, the Democrats certainly should know because they actually wrote a letter complaining that Dominion could actually threaten our elections, citing much the same of what Donald Trump is saying now. It would seem that this was the name of the game. I have to wonder, both sides preparing to do the exact same things? Gee, you see, back in 2019, in December, Democrats wrote a letter warning of potential vote switching by Dominion voting machines prior to the 2020 election. Now they're criticizing Trump for saying the exact same thing they said in December. This is a common theme with the Trump presidency. He'll see something in the media. He'll see something happen. He'll then say it and they'll claim he's lying. But they were the ones who brought it up in the first place. So if anyone's to blame, it's them. Donald Trump won in 2016. They accused him of working with the Russians. He didn't. That was bunk. Now they're the ones who started claiming Dominion voting machines switch votes. And when Trump says it, he's making things up. Here's the story from the Washington Examiner. Now, I did briefly go over this in my main channel today over at youtube.com slash Timcast at 4 p.m. But I wanted to follow up and dive in deeper. The Washington Examiner says, Four congressional Democrats sent a letter to the owners of Dominion voting systems and cited several problems that threaten the integrity of our elections, including vote switching. 
In a December 2019 letter to Dominion Voting Systems, which has been mired in controversy, Democratic Senators Elizabeth Warren, Ron Wyden, Amy Klobuchar, and Congressman Mark Pocan warned about reports of machines switching votes, undisclosed vulnerabilities, and improbable results that threaten the, in- the integrity of our elections. Quote, in 2018 alone, voters in South Carolina were reporting machines that switched their votes after they'd inputted them. Scanners were rejecting paper ballots in Missouri, and busted machines were causing long lines in Indiana. In addition, researchers recently uncovered previously undisclosed vulnerabilities in nearly three dozen back-end election systems in 10 states. And just this year, after the Democratic candidate's electronic tally showed he received 164 votes out of 55,000 cast in a Pennsylvania state judicial election in 2019, the county's Republican chairwoman said nothing went right on election day. Everything went wrong. That's a problem. Well, then, am I supposed to assume that we just have the lowest ratio of rejected ballots in history and that this one time everything went according to plan? I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. They said the letter continued. These problems threaten the integrity of our elections and demonstrate the importance of election systems that are strong, durable and not vulnerable to attack. Republicans have been probing other counties in Michigan and suggesting the need for investigations into other states where Dominion machines were used. Our team is currently reaching out to county clerks across Michigan, as well as going through election results in each of the counties, which use this software to see how widespread this error may be. Michigan Republican Party Communications Director Tony Zamet told the Washington Examiner last weekend. In Texas, Dominion Voting Systems was rejected three times by experts from the Texas Secretary of State and Attorney General's office. President Trump has openly criticized Dominion as he attempts to challenge voting results across the country, alleging widespread voter fraud and tweeting about uh, and tweeting about the company Friday afternoon. Quote, he said, now it is learned that the horrendous Dominion voting system was used in Arizona and big in Nevada. No wonder the result was a very close loss. Dominion machines are involved in every state where Trump is launching legal fights, but several experts and officials have stated there is no reason to believe those machines altered the outcome of the election. Quote, many of the claims being asserted about Dominion and questionable voting technology is misinformation at best. And in many cases, they're outright disinformation. Edward Perez, an election technology expert at a nonprofit group that studies voting infrastructure, said this week, I'm not aware of any evidence of specific things or defects in Dominion software that would lead one to believe that votes had been recorded or counted incorrectly. I don't believe we should actually be using machines to count the votes. The problem, actually, no, I kind of take that back. But I think if we're going to use machines, we have to have a hard audit alongside it. We should have the machine count them and then we should have a hand count because hand counts can be wrong, too. How about we get the best of both worlds right now? I think it's funny that they're saying we, we have no evidence that the machine was counting wrong when they never even checked. How about that? Perhaps an audit would suffice. Well, we have reports. Donald Trump's national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, admits the president has lost as he breaks ranks and promises a very professional transition to a Biden-Harris administration. Maybe. I have no idea. Uh, Mike Pompeo said there would be a transition to a second Trump administration. I have no idea what to expect. But I tell you this, a lot of people just don't feel like it's over. Maybe Trump is just hanging on by the last pinkies, but the fall off the cliff and he's got his pinky on the ledge refusing to let go. Or maybe he's got an ace up his sleeve. 
Certainly, I've talked to some Trump supporters who believe that Trump is playing 87th dimensional chess. He's got more moves than you know of, and he's going to come out swinging. I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. I've heard all of these stories about trusting the plan. One of the big theories right now is that the only way for Trump to actually expose the cheating is to have let it happen. Now, that actually does make sense, but it operates under the pretense that there was substantial enough cheating that they're going to catch it or that they'll catch it. The idea is such. If Donald Trump says they're going to cheat before the election, well, how do you prove something that hasn't happened yet? So the only thing he could do was wait until he lost the election. Then he could come out with his evidence saying, aha, I have caught you red handed, good sir. Kind of like how the FBI does these things where they find people they think want to commit a crime and then give them the means to do it and then say, aha, we caught you. Maybe seems a little far fetched, though. You know, the idea is Trump signed some executive order that apparently gives him power in the event there's foreign influence in our elections. There is some murmuring that Trump is going after China, potentially citing election interference, but we will see. It seems like the longest of long shots. Let me be honest with you. When they came out and said, you know, Trump is filing these lawsuits to challenge the results. Long shot, because we were like, so at the time, Trump would have needed to have won several states and then flipped Pennsylvania. I mean, we are waiting for a long time. If Trump loses Pennsylvania, it's all over. Okay, Trump maybe could flip Pennsylvania because he's or not not even flip right now. What Trump is suing for his team, Rudy Giuliani, and I believe Sidney Powell, they're suing to block certification of Pennsylvania because there is no relief they could get after 700,000, just about ballots were counted improperly. So they want to freeze the results. Trump would then have to free, freeze up 17 more electoral votes, which probably would require two different states. Doesn't seem all that likely. But when you tell me that, I say it's a long shot, but maybe now you're telling me that Donald Trump wants to, you know, go for a, a certification freeze for, uh, causing a contingent election. Okay. That is a triple Hail Mary pass. Then I get these people saying, actually, Trump's got an FBI sting underway. You see, he knew they were going to cheat and now he has the evidence, but he needed them to do it first. So he has to wait. You see, here's the, uh, here's what they're saying. He has to wait until all of the states certify their results, right? Cause then when they do and they lock in fraudulent votes, that's it. You see, the idea is like this. You can pick up a TV and carry it around inside of a Walmart, but it's only when you cross that threshold did you steal it. And that's the idea here with this trust the plan moment, which I really think is absurd. But the idea is that Trump, Trump knows they cheated, but until they certify, they haven't crossed that threshold. Okay, sure. Maybe Trump is sitting there waiting with a smile on his face golfing, knowing that he's about to pull a fast one and win. Doesn't that seem a little far fetched, man? Come on. The reality is Trump is on the ropes and it looks like Joe Biden's going to take it. But hey, man, I don't know everything. Sidney Powell, Giuliani, they say they got tons of evidence. They just can't release it yet. Okay, then I reserve judgment for the time being. Looks like Joe Biden is going to win. He's not president elect yet because they haven't certified anything. But when they do, we'll see how things play out. Maybe what we're really seeing is, you know, Giuliani and Sidney Powell, their, their court cases, they're bumbling around because they're trying to make it look like they're doing something before they release the big cannons or, or the Kraken, as it were, as, as many are saying. Okay, fine. When that happens, I look forward to presenting that evidence, as I've said several times. In the meantime, 
The Supreme Court has declined to take up the Pennsylvania absentee ballot case. Republicans have asked the high court to block all absentee ballots that arrived after election day, which wouldn't even change the results of the election. We're also hearing that uh, several lawsuits in four different states that were that tried to disrupt Biden's win, CNN says, have been withdrawn. Voters in four states who had brought long shot lawsuits to disrupt Joe Biden's win went nowhere, dropped their cases Monday morning. Look, I don't know who these people are. Trump has pointed out that many of these lawsuits weren't filed by him, and that's true. And maybe Trump's got some top secret plan. It certainly seems like Trump is not preparing to leave, and that's a fact. But maybe as time goes on, and as individuals like Robert O'Brien say, there's going to be a peaceful transition. Not that I necessarily necessarily believe these outlets right now. I got to tell you, man, it was really weird this morning reading overt fake news that was so blatant. I was just shocked. I've seen fake news from these these organizations before. I've called it out and I've I've called out inconsistencies and false framing. But wow, was it weird this morning when they said Trump had dropped his principal lawsuit, which he didn't. Maybe trying to demoralize Trump supporters. I got no idea. But regardless, we'll see. The Democrats have certainly made the same claims before. They were preparing to do the exact same thing as Trump. So am I going to get mad at Trump for doing it? No, you're going to do the same thing, Democrats. So deal with it. And we'll see if Trump can pull out this magic multi Hail Mary pass and score some crazy victory. We'll see. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Fox News is spiraling, losing millions of viewers. This is absolutely crazy. But since Fox called Arizona early, ultimately end up, ended up being correct in, in, in the ultimate ruling. And then go, and then they went on to say over and over again, there's no evidence of fraud, no evidence of fraud, and have really taken a stance that Trump is wrong. People have been leaving in droves. Now, I had someone on the IRL podcast say, hey, Tim, are you surprised that your audience is shrinking? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't have, you know, turned on Trump or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'll absolutely talk about all the fraud all day and night and the evidence, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I don't think I have the same audience that Fox News does because my views are actually doing fairly well. I really appreciate everybody who watches, nor am I going to pretend to be the smartest person in the world. But I'll tell you this. There's a big difference between what I do and what Fox News does. Fox News for a while was doing an okay job. Now they're saying over and over again that there's no widespread voter fraud, no substantive voter fraud, no evidence of fraud. The Trump campaign has no evidence because it seems like they keep ignoring what Trump supporters and what Trump has been showing and saying, because there certainly has been a lot of evidence enough to overturn the results. I don't know about that. Sidney Powell says she has evidence. But to give a few examples, because I know there's always going to be some leftists saying, what's the evidence? What's the evidence? Evidence is defined as signs or indications of something. I didn't say definitive proof. There are signs and indications. There are several thousand people that have changed their address and then voted at their past address. That is potential. That is evidence of of fraud, not definitive proof. It's an indication that someone may have illegally voted. We have sworn affidavits. Okay, we have we have mathematical anomalies. We have all of this evidence. We have a whistleblower testimony that people were backdating at the post office. We have this guy. Now they're going to say he recanted. Well, he didn't recant. He recanted the recantation or whatever, claimed he never recanted in the first place and the media was fake. Long story short, there is evidence. But I saw this story from from The New York Times that Fox News's partisan right audience on YouTube is dropping, researchers say. So I decided to actually look, jumped over to Social Blade, which tracks Fox News on YouTube. 
And we'll take a look at this. You know, they got 410 million views in the past 30 days, and they are up 34.6%. New York Times, certainly you jest. Wait a minute. Take a look at this little right thing right here. We had at the end of October, 79 million in the week. Then we had the next week up, up until the election, 132 million. And then right after 57. So the answer is yes, their viewership dropped dramatically, but it's more than that. Fox News' subscriber base is bleeding out on the, on, on the Sunday, the 8th. They dropped 50,000 subscribers. Wow, that's crazy. So I'll tell you what. On my channels, my subscriber base is always going up. Maybe it's because I've always been a milk toast fence sitter, perhaps. And diehard Trump supporters would probably know they're not going to get diehard Trump support from me. But Fox was typically supporting the president in many ways. I don't know what to tell you. Now, when we had on the Alex Jones, we had Alex Jones on the show and then YouTube deleted it. We ended up gaining like 17,000 subs, then losing 2,000 in the day. So you can see the number drop off. We probably ended up losing a bit more than that. Maybe mad because the YouTube deleted the podcast on us. I don't know why that's my fault. I'm arguing with YouTube trying to get it reinstated and they haven't got back to me yet. It's like, I can't just re-upload it. It's literally hard removed. I need YouTube on the back end to put it back up. I'll tell you this though. Uh, I guess I'll just come out and say it for those that uh, are interested. I immediately invited Michael Malice and uh, Alex Jones back on the show to do the show at, I I was going to cancel the people we had lined up. I was like, you take my show down. I said, guys, come right back right now. Come back. We're doing it again. Unfortunately, Alex is a busy guy. He couldn't do it. So uh, I absolutely would at some point, maybe, you know, if people, if that's what they want. What ended up happening was that YouTube uh, we all thought Alex had something he didn't. I guess we just didn't understand him clearly. And then YouTube thought he said the same thing. So I appealed saying that's Alex Jones didn't break the rules. And so we're trying to get it put back. But in that regard, I was like, come on back. Anyway, I digress. Uh, the New York Times is saying their, their audience is dropping and it's, it's true. They say in September and October, Fox News's YouTube channel had about 17% share of all views on what Transparency Tube calls partisan right. A grouping of more than 2,000 channels with more than 10,000 subscribers focused on politics with a highly critical view of Democrats. In the week of November 5th to 12th, that percentage fell to 13%. Overall, Fox News had 67 million views on YouTube that week. It's actually at 57 million now. A Fox News spokeswoman pointed uh, to ratings from Nielsen, indicating that television ratings had grown by more than 60% in the week after the election, compared to the post-election week a year earlier. It is true, however, something really crazy. Newsmax. This is crazy. Check this out. This is from CNN, mind you. They say, uh, I believe it's Brian Stelter who wrote this. Oh, no, this is, I'm sorry. This is Alexis Benveniste saying, although Biden won the election, Greg Kelly, the highest rated host on Newsmax, claims that Trump will prevail and that he will be president for another four years. The network has gone from about 100,000 viewers a day on a good day to about 1 million viewers per night for Kelly's show. Wow. Fox has never seen competition like this, said Brian Stelter. There is a demand for a fictional universe. Reliable news sources are mostly moving on to cover President-elect Biden. There's an entire constellation of websites and talk shows that are in denial, just like Trump. And here I am sitting right in the middle, desperately trying to cling to whatever middle ground there is. Maybe there won't be. I need evidence. Let me tell you this. 
The mainstream media is saying Joe Biden is president elect. He is not. He's not. He's literally not. There's been no certification on December 14th. When the, when the Electoral College votes and, and casts their ballot for Biden, I'll go, I'll say when they announce it, fine. But that's what Brian Stelter is saying. He's in a fictional universe as well. Or I should say he's in the fictional universe. Greg Kelly saying that Trump will prevail is just him giving his opinion on what's going on. Maybe it's wrong. But I tell you, man, when they gave us years and years of Russia BS, how dare you come out and say they're in the fictional universe? Now, it's true that I'm seeing a lot of people say, look at this, look at that evidence of this evidence of that. Dude, there's evidence. But until we get the hard definitive proof, all I can really say is we've got some evidence. It'll be interesting. Let's see if they can succeed in court. What y'all need to understand, especially Trump supporters, is that it's not about what you know. It's about what you can prove in court. We've seen the mathematical anomalies. Weird. I've seen the bellwether towns all of a sudden getting it wrong. Very weird. These things happened. So I'm sitting here saying, I wonder if Trump can can can, you know, get this victory because these results, they look really weird. We got these sworn statements. We got these whistleblowers. Let's see if it's enough. Maybe they're saying they have evidence. I'm not going to call Sidney Powell, Giuliani or Trump liars. I'm going to say, OK, because I'm not dumb enough to walk into a trap like these lunatics are. In the end, I'll tell you what's going to happen. If Brian Stelter, if Joe Biden ends up becoming president elect on the 14th, he's going to say, see, we were right the whole time. It was a fictional universe. But what happens if he's wrong again for like the 50 billionth time? Nothing. They'll keep carrying on with their propaganda. Nothing. That's it. There will be no comeuppance for them. Like I tell you, it's really, really fascinating to see Fox News is losing as much viewership as they are. But I'll tell you this. I have some friends, lifelong Democrats, who have told me to watch Newsmax. And I'm like, really? I don't watch Newsmax. I don't. But I guess maybe I'll start seeing what they have to say. Brian Stelter says that they're in a fictional universe. That's probably a compliment for Newsmax. Look, Greg Kelly can come out and say that he thinks that, you know, he says Trump will prevail and that he did win and all that stuff. Okay, sure. I don't care. Show me the evidence. That's all that matters to me. If we've got one group saying Trump won and we got another group saying Trump didn't win and quite literally the Electoral College hasn't certified a winner, I think y'all need to chill out both sides, whatever. OK, fine. Let me now get ragged on by everybody. But uh, uh, you may you may be interested to hear that, you know, Fox uh, New York Times is talking about something called the transparency tube. Transparency tube. Here we go. Check this out. It's actually a really cool website. I believe I know the uh, I've talked with the guy who who uh, um, who was working on this for uh, for several years. And it's part of what appears to be another project where it's mapping the YouTube space. Here's what I find really funny about their classifications. And uh, I think sure, fine. But check it out. You have partisan you have mainstream news, partisan left with 675 million views, partisan right with 483 million views, social justice with 242 million views, and anti-woke with 216 million views. I love it. So this is the partisan right is where Fox News is actually on the decline. And Newsmax is is going up and many other channels. You can see Newsmax TV is starting to grow. This is massive. Newsmax TV, 1.6 million hours watched, 1.3 million subscribers. Really crazy stuff. 
Giuliani presents evidence for Trump's legal battle. 2.1 million views. Look how many views they get. This is crazy. They're huge. Seriously, Fox News might actually falter because they tried hugging on to the mainstream narrative. This is, you know what? I tell you this. Fox News is doing what Republicans do best. And this is it. They're going to go the way of the old, uh, the old school rhino, you know, Republican in name only. Bye bye. Newsmax is presenting information to Trump supporters from their perspective and giving them space to breathe, much like MSNBC does for Democrats. Fox News, however, just wants to be cool and be liked by the mainstream. Please like me. Newsmax doesn't. They're going to do their thing. Uh, you can also see Donald Trump has a big channel, too. That's funny. Joe Biden certainly doesn't have that. Nope. Young Turks, I guess. But I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with one final point. Anti-woke is where I appear on this channel. Let's take a look. When I click it, it says right and anti-woke. Now, why is social liberal Tim Pool considered to be right? In reality, I'd probably be centrist, save for two things. Now, let me show you. They say, and they, they put a disclaimer on this. They don't put this on other channels. Anti-woke content is considered a right position in our classification process. Reviewers weighed this against center-left content and concluded it was predominantly on this side of the left-right dimension. I believe you are wrong. You see, what they're doing is they're just deciding. That's ridiculous, but check it out. Let's look at their classification process. I humbly disagree, but they say this. For four news, compare with AD fonts, media, blah, 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 media bias, fact check. For political and cultural commentary, I consider all of the following. Self-identified political label or support for a party. Let me just put it this way. As of right now, I just voted Republican. I donated substantially more to the Democrats. Yeah, that's true. Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard and a few progressives who were trying to, uh, not necessarily, but, uh, not necessarily progressives. I, I donated to someone trying to primary AOC and Nancy Pelosi because I don't like either of them. One-sided content on a divided political topics of the day. E.G. Kavanaugh and Migrant Caravan. Ah, sounds like you're talking about me. Maybe not. But Ka but being honest about Brett Kavanaugh and the Migrant Caravan is right wing? How crazy is that? One-sided content racked in cultural events, campus protests, and trans activism. Perhaps I'm right, I suppose. I don't think so. I think that's the best they could muster up. And anti-woke, sure. But and the anti-woke bubble actually does have centrists in it. You can notice Joe Rogan is considered anti-woke. But I'll tell you this. If I didn't title my videos topic-based, then my channels would probably be considered centrist. If I just called them like Tim Pool, November 16th, episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, then they would be very much considered to be centrist. That's about it. But not, not, not that I'm really concerned about what this classification means. Anyway, long story short, I'll leave it there because I've gone long on this one. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. For those unfamiliar with the Great Reset, let me tell you a bit about what they envision for our future. Now, this has been trending on Twitter for some time today, and it has to do with some kind of intersectional leftist you know, erasure of current capitalist systems. I got to be honest, I can't give you a very clean understanding of it, but they want to reset global capitalism because they do not like this consumerist culture that is destroying the planet. 
They say that COVID-19 is a great opportunity to start it. And who are these people? Why it's the World Economic Forum. But on your, on, on your screen, you see nothing. This is interesting. Today, as the Great Reset was trending on Twitter, the World Economic Forum deleted a video about you owning nothing in 2030 and being happy. To be completely honest, I could own nothing and be very, very happy. I mean, that's easy for me. I grew up with not a whole lot, so I'm kind of satisfied just chilling, you know, go outside, climb a mountain or something, lay back, look at the stars. Sounds great, right? You know what they say, when you own, when you own too much stuff, eventually your stuff starts owning you, right? Well, let's talk about what the Great Reset is all about. Here you can see a whole lot of nothing, but you can see it's from Twitter, WEF. That's the World Economic Forum. Here's the actual video. Predictions for the world in 2030. This video is probably going to take too long for me to actually go through, but they'll say, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy based on the input of members of the World Economic Forum's Global Future Councils. Really? Here's another one. Whatever you want, you'll rent and it'll be delivered by drone. That I kind of don't necessarily believe. The US won't be the world's leading superpower. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? A handful of countries will dominate. They're straight up saying (laughs) it's going to be a one world government where you won't own anything. I love this. What are this? They say you won't die waiting for an organ donor. That sounds pretty nice, right? Oh, the 3D. We won't transplant organs. We'll print new ones instead. Actually, that's that's true. I mean, that's that's just scientific research that could exist. You'll eat much less meat. Look at this. It's like some kind of it's it's very leftist. You don't want to eat meat. Okay. One world government will all come together and hold hands and you don't get to own anything. Okay. An occasional treat, but not a staple for the good of the environment and our health. Is this like PETA propaganda? What's going on? Here's what, here. They say a billion people will be displaced by climate change. Will they now? Refu- uh, we'll have to do a better job of welcoming and integrating refugees. Polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. Will they? There will be a global price on carbon that will help make fossil fuels history. This is on the world. You could be preparing to go to Mars. I mean, some are probably doing that now already. But look at all of these points being brought up by the World Economic Forum. It's all leftist positions. Scientists will have worked out how to keep you healthy in space. Okay, that one I'm totally fine with. Just the start of a journey to find alien life. I'm down. Western values will look at this. Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. Western, huh? Checks and balances that underpin our democracies must not be forgotten. Really? And this is all part of eight. What else do they got for us? Is that it? That's it. Western values have been tested to the breaking point. As opposed to what? Eastern values? They really do oppose the Enlightenment? Listen. I'm not a big fan of consumerist culture. I don't like the idea of people just selling more, more, more. I don't like planned obsolescence. I like things to be built to last. I like progress, you know, like working towards the stars, maybe post scarcity in our future. Something like a Star Trek future or Starship Troopers, <laughs> depending on who you ask. Starship Troopers, I'm, I'm half kidding, by the way. But I, I don't like pollution. I don't like environmental destruction. I don't like these companies that are like, we got to sell more. How many cars do we have on the road? Too many. It's seriously, it's crazy, isn't it? You look at all these traffic jams and, and, and these auto industries, they have to keep producing. Now, I'll tell you this. 
We heard from the likes of Greta Thunberg when she was like, these, these fantasies of infinite economic growth. You can have infinite economic growth. It's called digital and virtual environments. You ever play like a little game on your mobile phone and you keep sending money to them for some reason? That's not necessarily generating more pollution. I, I get it. Data centers cost money, but you transferring that money is just for a concept in a game. We can produce abstract things that generate revenue and we can keep growing our economy. It's just a normal part of human progression. I remember reading about the horse poop problem. Yep. You might be laughing saying, wait, wait, what did you say? Horse poop? That's right. Horse poop. Back in the turn of the century in, in the 1900s, they were worried that so many people were going to have horses, there would be horse poop all over the streets. Eventually too much. At this rate, what do we do? And the car was invented. And then they were like, oh, the poop's gone. Yeah, because horses would just like take dumps, you know? Okay, so now we have cars and then we got an emissions problem. Now, well, now they're making electric cars and electric cars probably still produce more emissions based on the total components of the vehicle, the batteries and the electric they, they need. But times change. You don't need to just be like, what we're doing right now will destroy the world. Quick, destroy the world. You could literally just say, let's develop new technologies and, you know, focus on this subsidies. Maybe we're not doing it fast enough. And maybe the idea from the likes of the World Economic Forum is that there has to be some kind of guiding hand. Otherwise, we'll destroy ourselves. It's a very serious conundrum. You know, I asked Alex Jones this. If we just carry on the way we are, will all of humanity be wiped out? And then... For what? Do we just go through this grand adventure just to give it all up? What is the, what is the alternative? Giving up our souls, our individuality, our freedom to a machine because we are not smart enough? I don't know, man. I do think we need a mixed economy. We need the decentralized nature of a market economy, but we do need someone to play referee. The only challenge is I look to how this system is producing things. What do we get? Video games? food, a whole lot of it. Food, we probably don't need like too much. A lot of fat people, you know, no, no disrespect to fat people like you're free to live as you want. But isn't it a problem that humans have been developing so much more towards self pleasuring instead of solving our actual problems? I certainly think so. But therein lies the serious challenge, individual liberties or what? I think there's a happy medium. I think we can enact certain policies, and we can create culture by encouraging people and championing things. We don't do that. Instead, what we get is TikTok culture of people dancing and drama and clapback videos. It's entertaining. We buy a bunch of food because it tastes good. We eat ice cream. And then our commercials promote unhealthy lifestyles. And instead of just saying, let's, let's focus on creating a culture of people who are into something better, we get this weird garbage. Let's just mandate it and lock everything down and destroy the economy for the Great Reset. Here's my solution. Weird World Economic Forum people. How about you just make you promote ideas and people that encourage us to move in the right direction instead of forcing people to do it? It's actually quite simple. Somebody could be, you know, like sports, for instance, encourages people to be fit. Let's stop making commercials that encourage people to be unhealthy. Like, well, I'm not going to call out any of these commercials specifically because I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to offend people. But, you know, we got this whole body positivity thing. How are you? you, you is this? I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think these people actually want to create a better world because the path to a better world is actually really simple. You see a person on TV. What are they being known for? You see a person on social media. What are they known for? 
for the most part, they're known for dumb things. Seriously, reality TV shows, mindless, numb entertainment, the Big Bang Theory. I don't think I offended anybody by slamming the Big Bang Theory, to be honest. We need to promote and encourage scientists. They don't need to be running our government, but we can promote the idea. We promote thinkers and academics, athletes. That's great. We do. We do. The problem is, instead of just accepting that we can encourage things by making them cool and popular and promoting them, having movies where we celebrate cool ideas, going to the, to the moon, rallied everybody in this country and towards country towards this project. We don't do that. We do it by mandate. It's not going to work. You're going to get a resistance. That's my problem with these people. I want clean environments. I want a better future. I don't like rampant consumerism. I want people to be happy to succeed. And I don't, I don't mind if in the future we're all floating around in neoprene suits with jetpacks and we've got visors on. You can fly around in your anti-grav suit or whatever. And you don't own anything. Fine, whatever. It has to come about through cooperation and will. People have to agree. You can't force them to do it. The fact that they have taken, they have done nothing to try and encourage like better behavior among people and inspire them to go to the stars. They've done the opposite says, I think they just want power and they're lying to manipulate people. Elon Musk inspires people to do cool things. He's just doing it. Do more of that. Instead, what do we get? Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. (laughs) That sounds terrible. We can have privacy when we choose and we need to. And it's okay if people forego it by tweeting things and posting photos. It's their choice. But we can encourage a better way of living. We can discourage pollution. We can encourage people to stop eating meat by offering them up alternatives to it and selling it. The impossible Whopper went around for a while. Do better. Instead, they just say, you shouldn't eat meat. We're going to force you not to. Okay, great. And don't be surprised when you get resistance, because as the leftist saying goes, respect existence or expect resistance. There are people who like eating meat. They're not going to stop. So what do you do? You just build culture around things that are cool. Instead, what are we getting this weird intersectional authoritarianism, cult-like behavior that is not a future anybody is going to enjoy. So these people with their with their, you know, good intentions are going to drive us into a cancel culture, violent future where we're all scared of each other. That sounds like a nightmare. Life has never been better. Oh, is that because he's forced to say it under penalty of prison imprisonment? Probably. I'll leave it there. Welcome to the Great Reset, everybody. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then.